0: Wimbledon starts Monday. ESPN's extensive first-ball-to-last-ball coverage returns. There are cameras on every court. Each is available on the ESPN app between ESPN Plus and ESPN 3. We have 145 hours on television. All the action is live. We are joined today by Chrissy Everett in Florida and John McEnroe in New York. Each, of course, is a three-time Wimbledon champion. We will go around the room and I'm sure we'll get to everybody in the hour. I'll say who is up and who is on deck to get started, batting leadoff from Reuters, Rory Carroll. And after that, it'll be Philip Bondi at the New York Daily News. very much. Thanks for making time for the call. Um, John, could I ask you about the American men? It's been since Sampras in 2000 since an American man has broken through and won Wimbledon. Is there any hope that this year things could be different? Um, is there anyone you're looking at that could finally have a breakthrough for American men at Wimbledon?
1: I think that uh, the odds are pretty pretty low. Uh, Isner's been out. I mean, he was, you know, finally seemed to figure out how to play on grass last year, so he's sort of an unknown quantity. And, um, the other guys to me, uh, whether it's Opelka, you know, he's like a younger version and, uh, Tiafo's been struggling. Um, there's been some injuries. Fritz is solid, but, uh, it doesn't look to me like there's guys ready to go and make that move or they would make that deep run. I think that in a couple of years, you'll see some guys that will be in the top 10, but I think anyone that we talk about right now uh, would be uh, people that need to add more to their game and some seasoning and that belief that is, is obviously critical to sort of make that jump into winning slams.
0: Yeah. Do you, is it a failure of the American process of uh, training players that i mean, a country of 380 million people, they can't seem to get an American man.
1: Well, we don't have, uh, obviously we only have an hour to talk about it, so it would be hard to, uh, you know, break it down, you know, that quickly. But obviously, if you look at, uh, and this is, you know, we've been saying this for years or decades, but it'll appear our best athletes, uh, are, are seem to be uh, playing football and basketball uh, more. Uh, Soccer's grown as well, so you you need to go after athletes and make it uh, again. You know, tennis is, if anything, is more expensive than it was before. So the accessibility is a big factor. I think in the other countries, particularly Europe, that the tennis, the sport of tennis, is higher up on the totem pole. So the generally better athletes from those countries are playing tennis. Now we have good athletes. It's, it's it's that you know, the cream of the crop. You look at Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, Murray, these people, you know, that some of the best athletes their country has produced. So uh we have uh you know Tiafo's a great athlete. He's still learning. He had made a breakthrough getting to the quarters of Australia. There's gonna be guys that are dangerous, uh but at the moment um the the more athletes in the game, because of the quickness of the game, the better chance we'll have of, of making that breakthrough. At the moment, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a little bit difficult to uh, to see recently because you just we it would be so helpful for the men's game if we had a guy that was winning winning slams. Yeah.
0: All right, great answer, thank you. All right, we move on now. Philip Bondi at the New York Daily News, and then Howard Fendrich at Associated Press. Hello,
2: guys. Um, yeah, so I, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the men, but not just Americans. I mean, we all know we've been gifted with, you know, three of the greatest men's players of all time. But they're well into their 30s now, and is it some is it time that maybe we express some disappointment in the performances of the so-called generation next? Uh, you know, they a lot of hype, but no majors. Nishikori, Raonic, Kyrgios, Dimitrov, and now Zverev and Team, who are younger, of course. But I mean, the big three of one. 10 straight majors, I think, and the last time a relatively young player won a major, it was Chilich five years ago, um, is the predictability hurting men's tennis?
1: That's a very tough question to answer. Um, You're looking at most, uh, to me, the three greatest players that have ever lived, you know, playing at the same time. And they're extremely uh, hungry, which is an amazing quality at that age. And they've been... um, they've They've psyched out opponents, I believe you know and 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 they're better you know you add all those things together, and sure you you could say that we're disappointed with the fact that the these guys at sort of mid to late twenties uh haven't been able to make a breakthrough, but they're just these these guys are all time great players um and so they sense and 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 understand that, and they've gotten in i believe to some extent gotten in the heads of these guys and um and also done more, to me, uh, to add some elements to their game, which some of the other players maybe have tried to do but haven't been as successful. Mm-hmm. So that's like saying, um, you know, do you want uh, – no no one wants to see any team or individual in any sport lose it because of injuries. I mean, you want yeah. – you say uh, Golden State was in the finals, you know, five years in a row, or, or I, I think it's five or six, five and it's you, a part of you is like, wow, it's just awesome to see a dynasty. And then there's another part that says, Hey, hey, what about let's get some other people in the mix here? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Obviously, I know what it, it to some degree, what it takes to do what they're doing. And it's been absolutely amazing. But you know, I am definitely one of those guys. that's like, okay, it's time. To see this next generation of people now, the the next generation, the younger guys like Sisi Pass and Ali Yosim and who I think are definitely going to win majors. And Shapovalov has shown uh, he's struggling now, but there's some guys out there um, that in Zverev, he's had, there's been a lot of pressure on him, and he hasn't you know been able to handle it too well in the majors. But nonetheless, you can't count these guys. You know they're 22, 21, 20, even 18. Yeah. So uh, they're almost there. You know, I think mm-hmm. CC Pass beat Roger at Australia. But to get over there is a very tall order. I mean, if you look at CC Pass's draw at the French, he had to play Vavrinka, who he lost like a heartbreaker, 9 7 in the fifth, to play Federer, to play uh, Nadal, to play presumably Djokovic or team. That's an incredibly difficult feat. So this is one reason why there haven't been breakers. You have to beat a couple of these guys usually in the same event. Mm hmm
0: mm
1: mm-hmm. I you know, you I, you know, it, I would like to see would, it happen personally.
3: Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I I think you can say the same thing on the women's side. I mean, why Serena dominated? Serena is right up there with Novak, Roth, and Roger, and why nobody else has stepped up to the plate and won more than one or two Grand Slams. I mean, you can say the same thing about the women's game, and it's just the degree of of the degree of what kind of a champion these players are and Serena Novak Rafa Roger are all um, you know they're they're all the ultimate champion there and these other players so far may win a Grand Slam or two but they're not they're not up to the same intensity and hunger and consistency as these uh, older players but it very well could happen because the the guys that John named and then the women that are that are coming up the young women you know they're still young and you mm-hmm. got to you got to get into the middle 20s late 20s and and we'll see if some of them have piled up you know some more grand slams but these these champions are exceptional champions they're they're mm-hmm. like exceptions to the rule
2: mm-hmm. okay thanks
0: all right we move on now Howard Fendrich at AP and then Martin Herman at Reuters
2: Hi. Uh, thanks to both of you for doing this call. Uh, I'd like to ask you both um, about Serena um, and and whether this is maybe the least confident you've been in a long time in her ability to contend for a title, uh, or, or is her, I guess, greatness, experience, track record, both in general and specifically at Wimbledon and on grass, such that you still think she can contend even... Without a lot of match work, and she she mentioned at the end of Paris the, the idea of maybe taking a wild card into a tune up, which is not something she normally does. But she didn't do that, and I'm just wondering also whether you think she ought to have done that.
3: I I think um, I think definitely she should have done. It. I mean, I think it would have helped for sure, just so she can gauge where she is on the grass and what she needs to work on. And even if she would have lost in the second round or quarters, I mean, Serena is the type of player that learns a lot from her losses and um, she can make those adjustments. So I, I think she should have. Um, I don't know if she could, I don't know if, if the wild cards were already taken, I, I'm not quite sure what happened, but um, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to bet against Serena. I mean, you know, look what happened last year. Two finals and grand slams. And, um, you know, the one difference that I see in Serena is since she's come back is she's been one, one or two steps slower than normal. And I think that's a little bit of fitness. I think it's a little bit of match play. Um, I think it's a little bit of confidence, but on the grass, we have, we can't forget. Yeah, that's her best surface. That's the surface at her game with the power, with the three points on the serves. She's the most effective on the grass. And um, so I, don't, I have a feeling she's been practicing hard, and I, don't, I never think you, sh- you can count her out.
0: All right, let's move on now. Martin Herman at Reuters and then Tom Parada at the Wall Street Journal. Hi John,
2: uh, just a quick question about rivalries. We've been um, obviously there were great rivalries in your in your day. We've been very lucky with uh, the ones we've had with Roger and Rafa and Novak and Andy. Um, of, of the young guys now coming through, which which of those guys do you think can actually put down some some really good rivalries that you know we can enjoy going forward?
1: Well, I think the guys that cc uh, pass, I think is going to be a, a, a great champion and player he's got everything that you could hope for and i think that's yeah you know, this canadian Ali you is going to be to me if you know he's going to be number one uh and Shapovalov, he he's seems to have lost his confidence some some of that's because he's had to play on clay a lot and uh maybe some issues that I'm not totally aware of cause I haven't seen him for a while. Um, and, uh, there's other guys like Zverev. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's pretty early on with Yvonne working with him. So you got to give that a, a, a fair shake cause he's got, uh, Yvonne obviously some history with, with Murray and a lot of success there. And then it's, it, it depends. Uh, but yeah, of course, I mean, listen, Anytime you can push each other, we all know that uh, these guys have gotten better because of each other. And I know that ho- I I, ho- I know I got better because I had to get better in a way. And when I didn't get better, I fell off. But, you know, Borg, Lendl, Connors, hopefully do the same to them. But the sport of an individual sport desperately needs that. Thanks, John.
0: Chrissy, you had a uh, one particularly noted rival in your career. Uh, how important is that to uh, the fans' uh, uh, appeal of the sport?
3: You know, I think that tennis has been at its best um, as far as spectator-wise, TV ratings-wise, when you have one of two things. You either have a great rivalry or you have a dominant player. Um, the ratings were huge when it was Serena against the world, you know, and Serena did not have a rival, but she was so much better than everybody else that everybody outside of tennis wanted to watch her. She transcended the sport or else you have a rivalry like John was saying, you know, John and, and Bjorn or John and Jimmy or Martina and I, and um definitely, you know, people love to see those head to head kind of warrior type uh, competitions. So, you know it's that's why in the women's side it's a little bit uh it's like we're so happy that there's a lot of talent and a lot of depth but there's just not that next martina steffi serena you know just don't see that yet happening
0: all right we will move on now tom parada at the wall street journal then richard pagliaro at tennis now
2: hi how are you good to talk to you um I also wanted to add, it's similar to what you were just talking about, but it's essentially that some of these start really fast, like Osteppenko and Bouchard for a while looked like it was going to be a champ, and they really fade for years and lose their game entirely for the women's. And I'm wondering if there's pressure that's involved in that too when they're at a certain age? And then also I'd like you to ask about Serena. If you could give me a percentage where Serena is now and her ability, like what level she's playing at, I'm, I'm sort of curious what you would think.
3: I have no idea. I mean, that's like, that's like, that's a guessing game. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I don't know how anybody except for Patrick and Serena could have any idea where she is right now. I mean, who, who knows? only because the lead up, you know, what, there hasn't been a lead up. Um, We haven't seen her play a tournament in in a while. Um, You know, she's got a lot on her plate. Um, We don't know what the distractions, what's going on there, you know, how many there are. We don't, we don't know the hunger aspect. So I think that's really tough. If I were to be, um, I mean, I'm, I'm putting all those intangibles in it, you know, the emotions and the emotional content, but Again, she at, you know, when she's on form, she still is the best grass court player out there. And I will say that. So how far off is she on form is, is another question. She was not at her best last year and she lost in the final. You know, she was not at her best at the US Open. She lost in the final. So she, maybe she doesn't need to be hundred percent, but she certainly needs to be 80, 90%, um, you know, to, to really have a chance. And I don't remember what the other part of the question was, but oh, the younger kids, <laughs> the younger, the younger players. Yeah, you know, it's your, um, it, it's here. yeah, it, it's maturity. It's it's maturity. Um, you know, it's. I mean, somebody like Kenan seems to have that um tennis IQ. Seems to have that mature emotional maturity out there. On the court, and doesn't seem to let too much bother her. Anna Samova, although her match at the French, I think she got a little flustered there. But you know, I think she's still uh, mature for her age. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think hunger is a bit is a big part of it, and kind of that hunger to win every single match and not let up, and really want it badly. And really need it, and I don't know if that's good for you, you as a person, but you know I think as a competitor that's an ingredient that you probably need to have to to consistently win. Do, do you think Osaka has um, hurt by
2: getting a new a new coach when she was doing so well? They won two slams in a row, and then they
3: she was doing so out. well. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was, um, it still remains a mystery, you know, exactly what happened, but I think he was great for her. Um, he was great for her and he taught her a lot of lessons that he learned from working with Serena and he was front and center front row with training Serena. And he saw all the all the, um, all the ways that, you know, she became a champion. And, and I think that he, Parlayed that into into um, the way that he coached Naomi, and I feel you know I don't know, and I don't know, and you know we're we're talking about grass, we're talking about a different surface now with the moving, you know I think that's one area that she, you know maybe doesn't feel completely comfortable um, as far as on the grass, but I think she's got the other ingredient which is the, the power and the big first serve, and I think that uh, you know again. I, She's got a good shot at it too. Thank you
2: so
0: much. All right. We now go to Richard at Tennis Now and then it'll be Frank Pingay at Reuters.
4: Hi, thank you both for doing the call. It's it's really great. I just had a quick two part question. First, uh, the big four, they've won the last sixteen Wimbledon titles. How do you handicap Roger, Novak, and and Rafa going into this? And since the two of you were really polar opposites as champions and you know neither of you were physically as big and strong as some of your top rivals how did can you just talk about the mentality and the psychology how did you sustain it at number 1 going against sort of bigger stronger people i'm just asking in the context of ash party because she's like 55 five and number 1 in the world now and how much more stressful was it for you being number 1 than being number 2 or number 5 or whatever go
1: ahead john well, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, uh, you, the you look at the, 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 the men, obviously the big four. You are you including Murray? Is that the fourth?
4: Right, right, right. But I mean, not, not Murray now, because Murray was quoted as saying, "You know, it's going to be Federer, Nadal, or Joe." Like that, basically nobody else right. can win it. I'm well, on
1: that's what, that, that's that's what it certainly appears. Uh, there's, it would be highly surprising if it's not one of those three guys at this stage. Uh, we, I think a lot of us want to be surprised and sort of want to see who could, you know, step up, but, uh, the way things are, uh, panning out, it would be, uh, you look at guys coming back from injury, you know, the guys Anderson is there, these guys, you know, do they even have the fitness to go the distance at this point, uh, at this stage of their careers and they haven't been playing and you know, uh, around you know, guys that can do damage, but could they go all the way, um, sissy pass uh yeah he seems ready to make a, a breakthrough uh to me he'd almost be uh the most likely uh guy that would do it uh, if it wasn't one of those guys and i still think this young canadian is going to be both of them are going to be great but uh in particular right now ali Yassim has gone by dennis and um and he's got everything it takes and so now he did he still seems like he's learning on grass how to best handle that for himself cuz he lost to Lopez in the semis but he you know he's there's a lot of unbelievable signs but um as far as uh, uh what was the other parts cuz there was a few other parts to that
4: yeah, I'm sorry about it. It was just that you were both neither were neither of you, neither you or Chris, you were physically as big and strong as some of the people you came up against, but your mentality, your your psychology, your approach that way I felt helped you both. What does it require when you're you're trying to sustain number 1 and physically you're going against your stronger people like in terms of Barty Halla players like that.
1: Right. Oh, well, I think I, I think it's more difficult now than, it, than it's ever been to sustain it because guys and girls hit a lot harder. And so that if you're not on it uh, physically and mentally, mentally obviously is a place where I believe we had an edge over people, uh, but uh, at the same time, and Barty's got that now and she's got a grass court game. So right now she's got the confidence <clears throat> and the belief and that's that's a big, big part of it uh, to sustain it. I mean, I think in any sport, it's difficult to sustain being at the top. I mean, it's easier to be sort of, you know, the hunting, the person and then being, <clears> than <throat> being hunted. So uh, that is like a no brainer. Uh, so that's why what you see from these other guys, like Roger and, and the guys we just talked about, is so amazing that they've been able to continue to realize they need to keep improving and add stuff. That's, Something that I wasn't able to do was nearly as well as these other guys when push came to shove. And so um, there was other guys coming up. It was sort of new to the game that all of a sudden the power game came into it. Uh, guys are more prepared for it now, the top guys, because it's been around long. But at the time when Sampras came along and Becker, it was like, oh, my God, I've never seen the guys hit the ball that hard. Uh, so uh, that was an adjustment that I wasn't, me personally, able to make well enough. But these guys, you have to admire these guys they've been able to and uh, consistently sort of force these guys to, uh, to lift themselves up to levels that they haven't been able to do. And so because of that, it is, it's been rare that these guys have been falling off in any sort of way. Every now and then you see guys like you know, Kyrios beating Nadal, but he's, he's not shown the ability to compete nearly often enough to give that effort. And so there's certain basic things you have to do uh, even to have a chance. And so – and there's certain things you have to do to try to stay at the top. Uh, All of those things are easier said than done. It's not that easy to pull off. If it was that easy, more people would be doing it.
3: I I think that um, when you talked about John and I, I think – you know, John, if I may say, you. I mean, you might not have blown people off the court of power, but you had such – fantastic hands and touch and feel and a big lefty serve and i mean you you know you relied on that those um, strengths a lot with in and no, and, the part no. okay. of it. and then, yeah and your looks and your uh, you know Thank you. the way you dressed you. and the girls you there dated okay so um, but i think with and i think with me it was more like you know i knew i, I I was aware of my strengths and weaknesses. I knew I wasn't going to blow anybody off the court, but I knew I could I could stay in every single point and concentrate and focus on every single point and not play loose points and and just play consistent. I just think your self awareness of your game, of your strengths and weaknesses, and feeling confident is a big thing. And I think um, most champions have that. Um, and I think that I agree with John. I think you know I'm trying to figure out. I think we had a lot of easier matches in the early rounds than than this generation. And, again, these, you know, you take somebody like, uh, I'm just going to pick somebody like a younger player. Um, Let's say, let's say Anna Samova. Okay, let's say her or Kennan or something To win a Grand Slam, they've got to probably win five, you know, maybe two matches will be easy, but they've got to five big matches and they've got to be, like John said, a hundred percent in those matches. And the the players that are more seasoned, the veterans, the 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 ones with the experience like a Serena, Venus, they can do it because they know they've done so many times before, they know how to manage themselves in between matches. You know, they don't get all excited if they if they have a big win. If anything they just like forget about it put it aside, and they rest, and they look forward to the next day. And I think a lot of that is a learning process with, with these young players. You know, maybe their emotions get in the way, and by the time they get to the semis or finals, they're exhausted. Okay? So that's the managing of that whole thing. And what was the last the last question?
4: Well, the last question I really want to ask, since you both had great footwork, who's the best footwork player? Not the fastest player, just best footwork you ever saw or played against.
3: Oh, jeez. Oh, God, we're talking like 40 years. You're asking me the A best. lot of people say you,
4: know, people say graph, people say, you know, Hingis,
3: people say right. more. Yeah. Oh, for sure, Chris Everett. For sure, Chris, Chris Everett, for sure. <laughs> That's hard. Um, I think Steffi had excellent footwork. She And she got off the mark quick and she planted her feet and she, uh, you know, went for her shot. So, you know, maybe my you know, my pick would be her. What about, John? What about the men?
1: Mine would be Borg and uh, Djokovic, uh, you know, and with uh, Federer very close behind. um, And Rafa (laughs) is, you know, the right. I mean, it's not a surprise that the best guys are also great at that. So, But Borg had great quickness. He had to. He had an 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 unorthodox game. And Djokovic, I don't think I've ever seen a guy cover the court better. You know, he's taller. And that helps, but he's got great flexibility. And if you watch him, he's got incredible footwork and balance.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. Great answers. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right. Next up is Frank at Reuters, and then Joel Tancy at the Japan Times.
3: Hi, hi Christian John. John. Thank you, Corey, question. Oh,
2: hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will not ask about Missy Corey then.
0: Uh, no, no, no so
3: or going. no soccer question. I'm just saying. <laughs> go um, ahead.
0: All right, well, hey, I really appreciate you both making yourselves available today. Uh, this one's for Chrissy. John, you're welcome to weigh in as well if you like. But just wanted to go back to Serena. Um, oh. You know, there was a time in her career where she was so far above the competition that, you know, she could barrel her way through a Grand Slam draw, even if she was having an off day. And I know Chrissy right. said earlier that, you know, you said you wouldn't bet against her, and I'm not sure I would either. Mm-hmm. But with the combination of injuries, the time off she took to have a baby, and, and now she has this limited playing schedule and increased standard of women's tennis right now, is, is her window of opportunity to rack up more Grand Slams, is it closed, is it slightly open, is it still wide open as it was? Or
3: Good question. Um, well, it's not closed, and it's not wide open as it always was. <laughs> so I would I would say, uh, be, you know, I'm going to, you know, I, I I say a little bit in the middle because um, I just have so much respect for her as a competitor and having seen her pull out matches from set and two breaks down so many times. Um, she has that intangible championship quality that not a lot of players have. Again, I talked about... The fitness, and I think that it's the fitness, the one or two steps slower than at, <clears throat> at her peak, um, I think that everybody would have to agree that's what was missing in the last year since she's come back, um, maybe, and, and also the confidence. And also, you know, John talked a lot about intimidation. I, I think these players go out. Now, I don't know how they're going to go out at Wimbledon when she fires the first three aces. I don't know if they're going to have that same um, confidence, but the players kind of know that she hasn't been the same player that, that she was three or four years ago um, after she came back last year. And, you know, maybe there is not the intimidation factor as much. And so, I mean, I think there's just so many, there's so many things maybe going against Serena and she thrives on that. And she loves that. And that's, when she comes through, so I would say looking at this year, if there's any Grand Slam she's going to win, I would have said that even January, January, afternoon Open. If there's any Grand Slam that she is going to win, it would, it would probably be Wimbledon. And I just think with her game, you know, just she, she just loves hitting the ball. She just loves that power. And her, if her serves on, it's just, she's going to be tough to beat.
1: John, thank you. you can I mean, I mean, the only thing I would add is, is, is obviously in any sport. I mean, she's going to be thirty-eight, so and she's had a baby, so that this is how does your body react to that is obvious question, and to me, uh, the fact that the women still play two out of three is a big help for her. So, uh, and and and. Like Chrissy said, Wimbledon, things happen faster. And she hasn't served as big as consistently as as, as she had in the past. But uh, I would suspect that uh, after the French, she went back and worked on her serve even more to make sure that that's the weapon that it's been. And that way she can be more free, freed up to do more on the, the return and other, uh, other parts of her game. So uh, it's – as long as she's playing, she's going to be a threat to win anything. But it's just now there's more things that can go wrong, I suppose. So there are more days where she might not have it and other days where players won't give in as easily. So that just makes it more difficult. But that, that means that uh, if you had to pick five players that you thought, okay, who's going to win it this year, you'd still put her in there. You might put her in there even down to four players.
3: Yeah, yeah. Top three. I don't think I, I, I would not even, know who. yeah, top three for sure.
1: So, you know, she's got that going for her. But, of course, as you get older, at least for me, uh, I felt there was more pressure because you realize that your window is closing and you don't know how many, you know, how much longer you're going to be doing it. So you end up feeling like, oh, I better do it now. And I don't know what she's thinking, you know, but I'm thinking she can't be thinking I'm going to be playing much more than a year or two.
4: Mm-hmm. right
3: you know it, it you. I, I have to add it's it's so hard it the prediction is so hard because again, we haven't seen her play, and we haven't seen her practice, and we don't know what her frame of mind is so I mean if you don't know those three things, you don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> except except her past, which has been always you know she's always been a champion all right, thank you well said, both of you. All
0: right, we move on now. Joel in Japan and then Peter Bodo here at ESPN. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks very much for taking the time. Uh, first of all, with Naomi Otaka, um what do you think has been at the root cause of her struggles since the Australian Open?
1: All right, you know, I'll oh, just I, briefly... Yeah, go ahead. Chris. No, I'm just going to say, to me, you know, I think what Chrissy alluded to earlier... Uh, about this coaching change. Um, and so there's this added scrutiny that probably I'm assuming she wouldn't have wanted. Uh, because it did seem rather weird that she won two in a row and then she gets rid of, uh, her coach. So obviously she, uh, there was things that were rubbing her the wrong way, whether he was, you know, taking too much of the spotlight or saying things that she, Maybe deep down disagreed with, but you know, just, I mean, athletes are usually pretty superstitious. So normally you would wait until something not so good happened. Um, so, uh, the added scrutiny of that along with the expectation, all of a sudden she's won two straight. And it's like, okay, maybe she could win the grand slam. So I, it, it, it would, I would guess it got to be a little overwhelming for her. So she hasn't uh, been able to, um, it appears uh, been able to play with that same type of intensity that, you know, the effort level, so you, you know, the pressure's gotten to her a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody's gunning for her. She's got a target on her back right now. I mean, uh, up until this week, she was number one in the world. Um, I think that, you know, Naomi had no distractions before last year. No distractions. she just play her tennis. And I think now she's, um, a global star. I think she's been getting a lot of, uh, endorsements and making some appearances and just have, you just have to be careful to balance that the right way and not, and I, I'm not saying that she hasn't, but just to be aware that that could also affect the, the, the focus on, you know, every single match, every single point.
0: Uh, I don't think it's anything. Back, I don't uh, think it's anything
3: game. I don't think it's sorry. I don't think it's anything game wise necessarily. Um, you know, I I don't think it's anything. But and I think also the fact that grass and clay are not her fa- her best surfaces. She needs good footing. She, she's like Azarenka. She needs solid footing so she can plant her feet and and unload that power and. She still is trying to find that at a young age, trying to find the stability on those two, you know, more difficult surfaces.
0: When you each became number one, what what changed for you on the court was, was the added expectation. Really, something something real that might be affecting her now.
3: Yeah, I think, uh,
1: I, I, I think there's no question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you put more pressure on yourself. People expect more. You want more. Um, but people are, like Chrissy said, gunning for you. It's, uh, it's a bigger deal to beat the number one player. So, um, uh, for some reason, people look at one and the, the two or three even are down a bit, quite a bit differently. So it's, uh, that's something that I learned when I took the ranking from Borg. I, I didn't realize there was such a great, uh difference in the way people looked at you and the way you were viewed and what you had to deal with so that's uh something that can be overwhelming
3: yeah you you when you you feel it you feel it but i think it's how you when you walk out on the court i i used to i don't know if i just talked myself into it or i used to feel like okay um, i used to feel more alert at, at being number one, because I knew, because I knew everybody was after me, and that would that would probably be the biggest win of their career, because to be the number one player is always the biggest win. So I was always alert to it, um, and I also, when I walked down the court, I I had a positive outlook. I instead of thinking, being nervous about it, I thought to myself that they might be a little intimidated. I'm number one. I've deserved it. I've had the best record. I'm playing well. And maybe, you know, they're going to be the ones that are intimidated. And I felt like at times that gave me a little edge. So I think it's I think it's how you approach being number one, and I think different players approach it differently.
0: Okay. Uh, we will move, move on. Uh, oh. You got one more quick one. Can I just asked briefly about Nishi Corey. Yeah, sorry. Um, do you think Nishi Corey's window is closed, and, and uh, does there become a certain point where the coaching relationship reaches an end? He's been with Chang for a long time.
1: Well, I mean, he hasn't been with him that long. He's been with his other coach a lot longer than he's been with Chang, and I think Chang is good for him personally. I think he brings that fight that. He needs. And uh, the problem uh, is that he's just physically, you know, it's like a middleweight fighting a heavyweight Um, size wise. He's just not there with the other players. So when he gets stuck into some of these matches that he has to play into a fifth set, he's got a tremendous five set record. But that takes its toll on him, and it seems like if you have to play some tough matches leading up to the ones that are really tough, like Nadal on clay, or uh, Nadal, I I think he played him down in Australia, too, or Djokovic, I think, there, and he just ran out of gas. He didn't have anything left in the tank, and you know Michael is trying to get him, I believe, to be able to sort of overcome that, which is very difficult to do mentally, to say, look, I can i still got a battle and generally he's i think become a better player no question with michael being around but there's just a point where he hits a wall and um that will uh that's where it's it's hard to keep that going so i think you know considering what he's had his career and what he's been up against i think he's had a great career i mean he's been in the top 10 um he reached the finals of an open. I mean, that was his chance. I think to you know, chill us for both those guys to not have to play another guy. You know, when he beat Djokovic in that heat that time, it's just it's the obstacles. It's so difficult to envision you know beating one, two, three of these guys. So that opportunity was was an incredible. But even there. You know, if you look at his results there, he played some really tough matches. You know, he played roundage, I believe, you know, very late into the night. And he had some very tough, that heat that he played Djokovic in. So it's, um, he was, uh, that's, I think he's done, you know, about as well as he could have done.
0: Okay, okay. now we will move on. Uh, Peter here at the Mothership. And then it'll be Jim O'Donnell at the Daily Herald near Chicago. Uh, Hi, Chrissy John. Uh, For both of you, uh, you know, Novak came out of a real clay court background, and yet now he's a superb grass court player, just uh, pretty much as good as he's on hard courts.
2: Um, Are you guys surprised by that? And what do you think are the great elements that have made him such a
0: terrific uh, grass court player?
1: Well, I think he's benefited by the fact that the grass courts are much more similar to the other courts now. You know, it's a a different game. Uh, The bounce is much better, I think, is better, but you don't see him serving and volleying. It's not as if he's altered his game. He's more or less playing the same way he plays on the other surfaces. So if you throw in the fact that the courts have slowed down, if you ask all these players, the ball sits up more. He's an incredible athlete, so he's going to adjust anywhere. The guy's an amazing athlete, and uh, he's like a human backboard. And so he understands uh, that uh, he can use what he does best, and then he's added to it. He's been able to, f- you know, finish points when he's needed to. His serve is solid. All these stuff is is something that I still think hard courts is his best surface. Um, and i think clay and grass he, i i arguably uh maybe just patience wise he's better off playing on grass cuz he doesn't get into as many deep rallies as he does on clay you know obviously he's great on clay too but i would say grass would be his second best now and clay would be third um and so but he's very close there's not a big difference in any of them uh compared to you know he he brings the bar as high to begin with so that alone wins him most of his matches, wherever he plays. And then there's the occasional, whether he has a bad day, someone has a great day, et cetera. That uh, Nadal match last year, fantastic match. Um, no question about it. And he's he's just, he's so consistent. That's really what it is. And the courts, I mean, in some ways you could argue grass is slower than Clay's at times. The way they, these balls were flying and, the balls kick up much higher on the clay. It, it, it may, may suit him even better that the ball stays, you know, true and low and not that high. Helps him against like Nadal and uh, some other players, you know, and he's in, listen, he's got the greatest return in the history of the game. So the fact that now you get more looks at returns is, saves him when he has to play you know, these, the Andersons of the world, or the the huge servers, that. Maybe in the past, could more have easily blown someone off the court.
3: I think, I think John said, Beth, and the last thing, the return, return serve. I mean, that's it. <laughs> I think it, he has the best return to serve, and that you can almost say is almost as important, if not as important as a serve. He can break, he can break serve. And, um, I think that I feel similar in style to Djokovic in the sense of, you know, with my game, it forced me to play more aggressive. And I think it forces Novak to play more aggressive, to get bigger first serves in, to be more alert. Um, he's got, he's incorporated that slice backhand very well. I think that's one shot he's improved and he's coming in on that shot. But I think, as John said, it plays like a hard court. Grass courts play like a hard court. They don't play like they did in the '70s. That's for sure, and um, because of that, he doesn't have to make many adjustments. But I think he can play even better because he. It, I think the course still forces himself in his mind to be more aggressive, to be more alert, and to take more uh, you know take more chances and to take more opportunities. And I, and I think um, that only enhances his game. It doesn't take away anything.
2: Thank you, Christy. John. One other thing: haven't played Borg on grass so often, uh, and had such great matches. What would, the prospect of playing someone like Djokovic? What does
1: that make you think? React automatically? What do you think? Well, I mean, the idea of playing someone that great is is exciting because it's uh, it forces you to feel like you got to go out and do your thing at the, the best that you can possibly do it. And and even then you don't know what's going to happen, but that's the ultimate test. I mean, I would, even though these courts, the bounce of truer, I would prefer to play in these courts now, even if guys are staying back more. And maybe it would be more difficult to serve in volley, uh, especially the way guys return now. But that would be the ultimate test. It's like playing, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go so far as wanting to play Nadal on clay, Roger on grass, uh, uh, Ralph on clay and Novak on hard courts, all of them can be almost as difficult on the other surfaces, but to a slightly lesser degree. But either way, that would be like sort of, you're like, okay, if I played them 10 times, each of them in their best, it, 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 you'd think, okay, I, could, I, I think I could give them a run for the money a couple times, like two, three times. You know, I, I think I would lose most of the time. But I I feel like I could be in there and, and maybe get a couple wins here and there. Gags yeah, make think, them think a little bit.
3: I think back in the seventies though, you would serve him wide on that backhand side. He's never seen a serve like that because Nadal doesn't have a serve like you did. And as the, far the serve, as the, you
1: know, obviously winning. if the courts were now, they wouldn't be playing like this. But but I think the right. games. I mean, even though I never would have expected seeing guys serving and staying back the way they are. In certain ways, I enjoy it more, because you see more rallies. It's not just, you know, it's right, like Sampras, right. even ease of it. It's just like, sir, wham, bam, thank you, oh, ma'am. Wow. So right. uh, no, that that's helped, but uh, now it's, it's almost uh, gone too far the other way. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys go in like 5% of the time, 10% of mm-hmm. the time. It's amazing.
0: Okay, we will now move on. It's uh, Jim in Illinois, and then Bob Larson at Tennis News. Dave, thank you, Chrissy and John, thank you. I don't want to You're extend welcome. the call with any redundancies or derivatives, so I have no questions, but thank you. I oh, appreciate okay. that. Well, that's <laughs> okay. <our type laughs> so of now it's our type of question. Can I give you my uh, about that? <laughs> Bob you at Tennis News and for- then Tom Tebbet at uh, Tennis Canada.
2: I uh I've often wondered, uh, because the power the rackets are getting so powerful, is there any chance that they go back to wood rackets? No. So that we can see real tennis?
1: No. <laughs> no. You can't go back. That was that's but that's what's known as a pipe dream.
0: <laughs> I'm not smoking those.
1: Well then you <sighs> should consider it because it ain't gonna happen. Uh, because God. this is—it's uh, just not—it's the cat was out of the bag way, way too long ago.
0: Yeah, have
3: it true. Yeah, yeah,
1: The sure. good old days when we're playing with the wood rack. Imagine how little they look in, in like Isner's hand and these big guys—they look like toothpicks.
3: <laughs> that's so funny. But they wouldn't—they wouldn't, they head wouldn't head
1: serve head. as big though. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. No. What would it could, it'd be tempting? Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. All right. If that's it, Bob, we will go to Tom Tebbitt at Tennis Canada, followed by Bruno Montpetet at RDS Montreal. I'll talk the second-to-last caller and just say no mas. All right. Oh. Moving right along. It's Bruno also in Canada, and then it'll be uh, Hello? Uh, Stuart Fisher at the Herald. Hi, just a question. Yes, sir, no. Yeah, thanks very much for having that. Uh Just a quick question. Well, actually, two questions. What do you think? I uh, feel like Jose Al has seen chances to you know go deep in the uh, in the tournament. And how do you see Canada tennis progression maybe in, over the last year?
1: Well. Who would have thought that the uh, the best prospects would be Canadians? You know, we're like looking in with egg on our faces uh, in uh, in America because you got Shapovalov and Ali Usim. Andreescu is won Indian Wells. I know she's having health, you know, shoulder problems, but there's this incredible uh, run that's taken place. Maybe and Milos, you know, came through and got to the finals, so it's like a great time for uh, tennis in Canada. There's no question. I mean, these guys are going to be, I mean, Ali, you if he's, he could, he'd be number one in the world. Uh, as far as how he could do, he's, you know, these guys come along once every five ten five, years that you know, he's 18. He looks like he's 25 physically. So, um, like a Becker type and, uh, Nadal type. So, uh, I think that he's got as good a chance as anyone uh, at making a, a, a deep run of the young guys. No question about it. Him and um, Sissy Pass, to me, would be the two favorites to make a deep run at this point. Now, thank you, Now, very- winning it is a different story.
0: No, obviously. Right now. And if I can just ask a little, little something else, you you said physically he looks like 25. How do you think about mature side? Because he's only 18, but he seems to be very ready. I uh, feel like Faouzi. I mean, he seems yeah. you know to take his place on the on the tour, and it doesn't seems to be any intimidation or anything like that. You know. So what do you think? I think, think about he's gonna
1: that? be a number one player in the world. Uh, uh, that's what I think. So that mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good indication of how uh, I think about uh, about his. Not only the physical part, but the mental part and there's it's it's very it's it's great to see uh someone at that age uh able to sort of handle it right now and seem like it's no sweat so we'll see what happens the next couple of years, but it wouldn't surprise me if he won something in the next couple of years a major
3: i I agree I think he's got it all he's got it all, and he's got that composure that you don't see he doesn't get flustered on the court he he is very mature I, i'm just i'm disappointed in bianca and, and the injuries you know the she she withdrew am i right from wimbledon she's not playing wimbledon
0: no
1: she's not. she's out
3: she's out right and i just yeah. uh I, you know it, that brings up you know it kind of brings up really making good decisions on your tournament schedule too and not overplaying um you know, and I, I hope she gets. I mean, she was really exciting to watch that whole tournament, and I hope, I hope it doesn't. She doesn't have to get surgery. I hope it's not that bad. But I mean, it seems like it keeps lingering on. So I wish, you know, I think we all wish her the best.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, we now move to Stuart Fisher at the Herald, followed by Rob Mall at the Sun in London.
2: Hi guys, mm-hmm. uh, thank you very much for doing this as ever. Um, sorry to keep you keep you long. Uh, obviously, looking at Andy Murray's um, you know remarkable return in the doubles uh, at Queen's Club, what would you give him right now as chances of ever winning uh, another singles Grand Slam again? And um, do you have any? Mm-hmm. I, I saw a story today that that Rafa Nadal was slightly um, you know unhappy that the seedings make him number three because obviously that could open things up a little bit for the other half of the draw depending how it pans out with Djokovic and uh, Federer
1: Well, it'd be hard for him to really complain too much about Federer going ahead of him, uh, considering what his record is at Wimbledon, but yeah. uh, it could, uh, it makes it where potentially he'd have to well, he'd still potentially have to play two of them maybe if if he was seated yeah. two and Federer was on the other half, he would only have to play one of them is what he's thinking. So I get it yeah. from both sides and Murray, you know, it's just, listen, everyone wants him. He looked like, um, he, he talked about being pain free. Uh, doubles is obviously a completely different animal than singles. Best of yeah. five is totally different than best of three with a third set tiebreaker. But it was, it was nice to see him sort of eager and into it. And, um, and looking like he was re- like relatively healthy you know it's it, you can't really determine until he starts playing singles matches and how that body reacts if you're on a hard court for example as opposed to grass so it looked very promising which is great but um he also uh will and and I think everyone wants him to be able to you know come back and then be able to leave and retire on his own terms so uh it looked like uh, I, I didn't see like you know he's covering half the court. He's not moving the same way. You know, but he, all things considered, I you know I was extremely. I think everyone was extremely happy to see that he was making some real progress.
3: Although I'm kind of watching, I'm watching a match right now at Eastbourne.
1: Is anybody watching that yes. match?
3: He's down six 2 I'm not watching certainly,
1: but. Yeah, he yeah. should he should he should have pulled out is what he should have done, but maybe they. Oh, I don't
3: know. Yeah,
1: he because he win. played more matches than he expected, and he won it, and let it just sit there, and then play Wimbledon. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you get stuck, and you know, he fell the commitment. But I'm sure there's a letdown yeah. physically and mentally. So I wish he hadn't played. But that's that's you know, it's easy to be the backseat driver. Yeah, he was.
3: Yeah. Cool. Plus the fact that think his arm felt sore and his hips right. were and the bending and yeah, I'm not exactly. quite sure he should have played but, but the fact that he's he's serious yeah I think he's looking for a mixed doubles partner and he's looking for a doubles part I mean he's to see that smile on his face in, in playing doubles is that's enough for me right now. And I you know, I I I just think that's um you gotta baby steps. You know, you gotta start from the bottom and he's uh he's done great so far in the last week so, you know. I think let's not rush things. Thank you, guys.
0: Okay, we now move to Rob Mall at The Sun, and we will finish things off with Lindsay Gibbs at Think Progress.
2: Good evening. Um, Follow-up to Murray, and then I'll ask you about Joanna Conta. I mean, on Murray, obviously it's great to see him back. What do you think of his chances of winning a mixed doubles or men's doubles at Wimbledon? Is only been playing doubles? one, maybe two tournaments. What's the prospect that he could be lifting silverware at Wimbledon? How would that be for the fans, the emotional side of it, if he was to be victorious in two weeks' time?
1: I forgot who he's playing with. Oh, he's playing know. with urbear uh, He's playing with urbear uh, Yeah, he's a big I think player. he's got a chance yeah. of winning it. Yeah, he could, he could win it. You know, he could also lose first round. <laughs> so uh, it, well, that's, you know, the bottom line. But, um, you know, it, w- would it be, be a great story if he won it? And it would be... Uh, you're not going to get. I don't think you're going to be able to determine whether or not he's going to come back in singles or how high his ranking will be in singles. But uh, doubles is is a great way to sort of get things going. So uh, I'm glad he's doing it and uh, feeling it out right now, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, there's no question the way he plays and returns, and he's into it like com- competitive wise. He he could he could go all the way potentially, and and then. And then again, it's just totally unpredictable.
3: Does he have a mixed doubles partner yet, or no?
1: No, he's deciding tomorrow. I'm, he
3: said. I'm sorry.
1: He's
2: deciding tomorrow. He's going to announce tomorrow who okay. his partner is. Serena was being linked to it. Serena and Venus potentially.
3: Hmm. Well, that's, he might as well Maybe. go, go Maybe. for that. I just <laughs> want. To concentrate on her singles, but I hope he gets a good you know, if he got a a, a good woman partner, I think well,
1: you yeah, know. Give give Barty a call.
3: Yeah. yeah she, Just one final thing
2: on Joanna on on Conta, I mean, does she have the mental respect, the resilience to, to become a Grand Slam champion? She's lost in three semifinals, hasn't won a set yet. And as we saw in the French Open, she was outdone by a teenager who then suffered stage fright in the final. So do you think Conta's got it between
3: the years? Oh, you guys are brutal! God, are brutal.
2: <laughs> the way that
0: was put.
3: Jeez. no wonder the English were t- t- tough for them. No, really, you got you got to stop putting pressure on your players, okay? I think the press has a lot to do with the, the fact why the British bowlers haven't done better. I really have to say that, uh, and I and I think you guys got to just be careful, you know. And and um, you know, I think Johanna. I think the thing is, I was calling some matches the French. You know, I see her a match where she could have won the tournament the way she played, and then I see her play a match where she could have lost almost anybody. So, um, you know, I think she's still a work in progress um, with the with the mental side of the game. But I think she's working really hard at it, and I think she's works hard. She's one of the hardest workers um, on the court, physically. You know, in her fitness, and you know, just the way she's wired, she just has to work. A little bit more on, you know, taking the emotion out of the game and, and just being fully focused. And, you know, it's, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for Holt in her, in the past, but we've also seen her play some unbelievable matches. So, um, I would never would count anybody out and I never, I, I, I always give people a chance. And I think, um, I'm not going to say no, she'll never win a grand slam. I will say that she's got, um, so she's got a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I will say
0: that. Thank you. All right, we will now finish things off with Lindsay Gibbs at Think Progress.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: hi. I'll be quick here. Obviously, we got Ash Barty as the new number one. Uh, Chrissy, what are your thoughts on her <laughs> chances here at Roland Garros and other other women who
3: you really have your eye on uh, right now? I think she could win again.
2: I, I mean, I mean Wimbledon, Wimbledon. <laughs> ooh, 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 sorry. <laughs>
3: Um, oh gosh. You know what? I she's got a she's got a great grass court game. I think she loves the grass. Um I think it's just interesting that her parents were scheduled to come over, you know, for the grass court season, not for not for the clay yeah. court season. Look what happened. Um I think it would be it would be like a Herculean uh effort if she won Wimbledon to have won the French, to have won, you know, the warm-up tournament. And what was the tournament she won? Sorry. Not. Uh, Birmingham? The last. Birmingham. And then when she won that, she became number one. And, then, I mean, at some point, it's got to be overwhelming if she's a human being. At some point. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It would be, uh, it would be. I mean, it would be so impressive if she won Wimbledon. She has the game, she has the athleticism, the variety. I just kind of wonder when the tank is going to start to get a little bit empty, um, both physically and emotionally. So it's going to be tough. I mean, the more tournaments she wins, the more it's going to get tougher and tougher. Because at some point, you have to have a letdown after these big wins. Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right. That'll do it. Uh, Appreciate everybody's interest. And remember, ESPN has Wimbledon across its platforms starting on Monday. So thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good day.